0: It's Ant Hill time. Welcome to the show. I'm Ant, of course, and this over here is Jay Hill, and we've got a lot of interesting topics to get into today. Jay Hill's over here getting ready. I, I thought he would have done that pre-show, I saw the but, camera, but apparently he saw himself on screen and was like, whoa,
1: uh, I'm concerned
0: about my shirt the same way maybe... 49er fans are concerned about
1: Trey Lance. This is a good segue. Yeah, huh. I just want to know That's what I do. When do we get to talk about Rory McIlroy today? He was great yesterday. Rory McIlroy, uh, from Tin Cup. No, no, the actual Rory McIlroy from Northern Ireland. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't the been. Savior watched... of the PGA Tour. I have not yeah. been
0: watching golf. I'm sorry. No, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I haven't watched golf since LT Gray was relevant. Uh, once LT Gray no longer was. Uh, about relevant. five
1: years. <laughs>
0: it's been a while, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, if John Daly decides to get out there and start whacking some balls, maybe I'll come back to the PGA Tour. I think he he, he does that every time he goes to Hooters. Well, enough of the (laughs) golf talk, uh, because there is people that are very concerned about Trey Lance. Why? Um, I think that people were concerned about what happened during the game. A lot of people going over... Know some of the things that, that he did. Play. Well, no, I think there's a couple of occasions, you know, maybe where he missed open receivers. The other one where he rolled to the right and threw an off-platform throw towards uh, Brandon Ayuk, you know, and it hits the ground in front of him. And there's that people that are, are yeah, there, there's people that are saying, you know what, uh, he could be a sub 60% completion guy this year. Does that surprise
1: you? No, I I fully expect him to be right around between 58 at best, like 62. I think that's fair. I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, and actually, the the throw that he made, you know, because he also had the one low to Malik Turner that was maybe a little low, a little behind him, which, I mean, if you're a a fan that's been watching Jimmy Garoppolo operate this offense and see him make those rhythm throws and allow those receivers to run, you could be concerned. But I I look at the, the situation. It was one game on a short week. You're not scheming. You're not doing anything. You're just, you You know, he was out there throwing the ball. The Brian Ayuk went in the ground. I'm okay with that because you know what it didn't do? Get intercepted. Get intercepted, exactly. Uh, so he left it low. Malik Turner over the middle. He leaves it low where he can, you know, complete it to the receiver. So overall, I'm not concerned about Trey Lance, but I do understand why some people get be concerned. But I did enjoy all the conversation. Like you said, the one play. Kurt Warner versus 49ers faithful. Who understands? I'm going to listen to Kurt there every, every time. Yeah, I I... I saw what Kurt Warner said. I watched the play, and I'm like, "Yeah, Kurt Warner's right." Yeah. Just...
1: I I rewatched the first quarter last night in a little extra prep for the show because I wanted to make sure that well done. Uh, well, because I I had I, I was half kind of watching the game, half radio because I was in on the road with job and stuff. So I wanted to sit there and really watch the first first quarter, and it looked like the Texans were playing a game in October, like they had they, and like. Lovey was was really trying to get his blitz packages installed and get the guys up, up on those. And it looked like, Kyle gave t- gave two blanks. Oh yeah. So, it, if this if we played the Texans in, in October and he, he played that way, that'd be something. They'd be like, eh, that was that wasn't great, but it was just to get get guys some rhythms, some live. Reps and just stay healthy. And we didn't have Trent, we, you know. So I'm all this, you know, doom and gloom is kind of annoying me because it's it's preseason week three. Ray looked great against the Vikings in those practice days. He looked pretty good against Packers. So I'm not worried. And the idea that that he he starts he, he has a rookie year because I, I I'm a firm believer you're a rookie until you have. S- your your 18th start so when when he gets start 18 then he's no longer a rookie but in terms of actual playing he's going to be a rookie most of this year i can point out the third or fourth best player in the sport his first his first three years was a sub percent which guy now he's the best quarterback in the sport so can guys improve off percentage yes but at the same time my beloved Alex Smith was a near 70% cushion guy for for most of his career. What did he win? Football
0: games, Jason. Football N- games. Not championships. No, he did not win championships. And Eli actually, Manning
1: f- was a guy around 60 who who led the league in, in picks mm, multiple years. He got two rings. Yeah. So the idea that, that you you must be a high percentage quarterback to be successful is a little a little over fun you must be able to make the accurate throw and get uh, get and be able to capitalize on big plays not throw a little five yard stuff off all the time and say oh i'm going to save up 75 percent you get yeah, through for 95 yards so who cares
0: well one guy who throws for a lot of completions and had a high completion percentage and was also often docked for not taking the big play, but taking the check down was, in fact, Jimmy Garoppolo. And we have the Jimmy G and August 30th date coming up. Jimmy G, of course, uh, would use a roster spot on the 53-man roster if they decide to keep him. His money's not guaranteed until September 10th. So, really, Jimmy G has no financial effect on the Forty ers until then, so they could theoretically keep him. But Jimmy G and August 30th is a date everyone's been uh, watching and targeting because... It could be the day where there's resolution. The 49ers finally move off from Jimmy G. Jason, do you think the 49ers are finally going to release Jimmy Garoppolo, move forward with Trey Lance and this backup quarterback situation, and Jimmy G can go out there
1: and try to find a starting gig somewhere else? I don't think by August the 30th, unless it's a trade that happens before then, I don't see him just being cut until they absolutely have to because I, I feel like they're trying to exhaust every possible option to try and wait a team out that may be interested in him, like a team that's starting, you know, Smith, for example. Um, but, and quite frankly, if it if it comes down to the 53rd guy that we keep being somebody versus Jimmy to get a little value then i am okay with that because chances are we we can slide that guy through to the practice squad and then get him again
0: all right well i'm going to come at you with some stuff then because you said the 53rd player what if that 53rd player is jordan mason or quantrez knight or jason poe or uh jordan willis you know what I mean? If you're starting to talk about these guys being potentially the 53rd player, you're moving off a very talented guy, a guy that can make a lot of plays for your football team and it has tremendous value for the hopes of what squeezing a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick of compensation from Jimmy Garoppolo?
1: If it's a fifth round pick, yes, because we do really well in that round. Oh, you do?
0: But what are the guarantees <laughs> that you're gonna hit on a player, you know, that is as you know, aggressive as Quantrez Knight or as powerful you know as somebody like Jordan Wills who's a veteran in this league uh, you could run the risk of losing a player that can help you right now for the hopes that you're going to hit on someone that could help in you in future.
1: the future it's a, it's that's not a, it's not it's it's not a i mean that that style when you put it that way that's not a bad way to look at it
0: I think if you were going to get enough value, if you knew you were going to, if you held out, you were going to get a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, I think you're like, okay, I I can wait this out, right? I can tell Kerry Heider or Dante Johnson, if anyone watched, you know, my 53-man projections. That was brilliantly. Yeah, you guys go ahead and wait. Uh, We're going to bring you back because Jimmy, on the 10th, we're going to move him on. So I hope you're ready to sign. uh, Just be in Chicago ready because you're going (laughs) to be be suiting up that You
1: will be on the team plane, per se, but here's the first class (laughs) ticket. We'll see you there
0: yeah i i think that you know it's one of those things where i keep waiting for resolution i thought it was going to happen pre- when free agency started that's what i thought it was going to happen because i did think there was a trade market which i believe there was
1: there was and then jimmy had the soldier surgery. surgery now so hate to be the conspiracy guy but do you think the shoulder surgery was him maybe his first little retort to them bringing in trey no, I don't like, think like, so. Like, I could wait for the surgery and get traded first to someplace, but I'm going to have the surgery now just to kind of screw Niners over? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because
0: I think that he wanted to get traded because he wanted to land in a situation right. where he can start, and now he's in a situation where his only hope is that his agent has went out there and found a situation where he's going to, you know, when he gets released, he's going to get signed. And I think, you know, and then what are those terms? Because – uh with all things it's about leverage and now that a, a team out there knows there's probably not a market not for a you means I'm not going to give you a lot of money so I think that it's always been about Jimmy Garoppolo keeping the league uh, understanding that he's a starter because once you start becoming a backup in people's minds you it's, become a backup it's hard to get off that it is i mean look at Mitchell Trubisky you know he's in a battle with a rookie uh you see you know other guys around the league uh that you're like oh they they used to be starters they used to be considered in that le- that light and now they're just not. Uh, Cam Newton was another guy Cam, that became Cam a backup, and then next thing you know, there's no value. He's getting minimum now, deals.
1: Mariota though, is a guy who started, went to backup, and then has reemerged, though. So it is possible if you find the right fit, but... Yeah, Jimmy you, has to be the right fit for If someone. you find a team that wants to lose. I think
0: they yes. wanted to keep quarterback and they don't care about winning. In they Atlanta are all right in now.
1: on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, it's like, okay, if Ritter works out, great. If but, he doesn't, we're going to draft a quarterback yeah. in the first round. And you know what Mariota doesn't do? Hurt us financially for Not the all. future. Yep. And I think that's how it goes. And another place that there was some concerns, there was concerns about Trey, but there was also concerns about the 49ers offensive line. Jason, do you have concerns about the offensive line coming out of that game versus the Houston Texans.
1: Did they know that they could, could handle a complex blitz scheme being thrown at them very well at times? No. Did, at times, maybe, did Trey hang on the ball for a half second long? Yeah, he, he might have. Did the running backs not necessarily hit the hole that was there as quick as possible? Yeah, so to, to, to say that it's all on the O-line is a little overhyped, really. I, I, I was concerned more about the Eric Branch report that, that they're making calls on an interior lineman, though. Because that, that, that tells me that whatever they've seen in practices and stuff so far, that they're not 100% convinced on one or multiple of our guys. That, that to me, is a, a bigger concern than what, what we saw versus the Texans.
0: I have a little bit of a different angle on that. It was John Miller, of course, not the great voice of the, you know, the the,
1: the Hawaiian shirt wearing. Yeah. Big kahuna. yeah. When they
0: said they were bringing in John Miller, that was my first visual. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's going to play offensive line for the 49ers. That's interesting.
1: He, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he has probably lost enough weight now where he he, he probably couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't, right? Uh, he's too athletic for that now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But
0: I think, you know, bringing in an offensive lineman and interior offensive lineman, I don't think it's too big of a surprise, and here's why. If you're getting to the point now where you believe you're going to start two young guys on the interior, Daniel Brunskill could be a tackle option for you. So this might actually be a thought about what is going on on the outside with a Mike McGlinchey, for instance, who hasn't returned to practice. You Maybe if you're thinking about plugging and playing Daniel Brunskill right tackle, then you need guard depth. Uh, You could be concerned about Jason Poe. You could be concerned about Nick Zakel. And you could be concerned about, you know, a Jalen Moore, for instance, who's been getting all the tackle snaps. So this might be more of a referendum on the fact that they're moving a tackle outside and they need a guard on the interior. So this might be, be. a referendum on the interior offensive line depth and less on the starters uh, that they have in there. Because I think Banks has been very consistent through preseason from all the film that I've watched. Has he had a couple plays here or there? Of course. No He's perfect. a young player. Yeah. Spencer Burford had his toughest game against the Texans. I feel shocked. I mean, this is... This is how rookies handle football. And these guys haven't had a lot of snaps in this league. That's why they're playing a lot of snaps. So I think that's more of the thought process with them bringing in him. Uh, I think that, you know, you could automatically think, oh, they're looking for a starter. And, of course, the report came out, right, they're looking for a trade potentially. But I wonder if it's about getting a starter or if it's about getting depth. Yep. Yeah. That's it, true. It could be. One place that the Forty Yards hope they have depth is at the safety position because – Jimmy Ward, uh, according to John Lynch, he said it on the pre-show you know pre uh, before the game uh, against the Texans, that Jimmy Ward is going to go on the IR and that he's had some you know hamstring issues, and that it was a bad pull. Now, Jimmy Ward was getting light work at practice yesterday, so that is at least good news That's as some, he's starting some, his rehab process. Some, 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 However, Tarverius Ward, serious. George Odom, you know, um, and Talno Hufanga are the three safeties that everyone knows. Of course, Taylor Hawkins, the undrafted free agent, has played really well. Yeah, yeah. But is Tarverius Moore or George Odom slated to start in Jimmy Ward's spot? Or do they have to have another plan? Do they have to have somebody else that can come in and start? Because they're going to have to get through four games and two of those games are going to be really tough. One against the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson at mile high. And then they got Matthew Stafford and that powerful passing game coming in as well.
1: I, I'm nervous. (laughs) I I, I, I really thought we were going to start, start, Three and one. Now two and two is a lot more. Wow. Blah, 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 yeah, like that much. Yeah. I don't know, man. He just, he's like the ultimate security blanket. He just makes everything kind of be okay. And you just kind of know that as long as he's back there, nothing too, nothing too wild is going to happen here. So, do they need another? I mean, I, honestly, I'd be okay if they tried Dante Johnson out there even. Like that would be because he he's he knows the system he he doesn't screw up things like he he, he doesn't have that terrible penalty he doesn't be be over the top I'd feel almost more at ease you know if he was back
0: there honestly I I think he's gonna be back there I think what's gonna happen is they're going to release him uh, Dante Johnson and then once. You know, Jimmy Ward goes on IR. They'll bring Dante Johnson back, and I think he will be the fourth safety because I think Taylor Hawkins is going to end up on the practice squad. Yeah. The questions then will be, will it be Dante Johnson or Tarvarius Moore that starts next to Talano Hufanga? Hufanga is the starting strong safety on the football team. In, absolutely. He's locked in. Uh, George Odom is his backup. The question mark is starting up. next to Jimmy Ward. Lamar Odom. I would not be shocked if Dante Johnson started week one in Chicago, over Tarverius Moore. Moore has had an up and down preseason and training camp. The only thing I'm going to throw at you, Jason, is there still reports that Jaquiski Tart may get released by Philadelphia? Do you think they would potentially bring back Tart if he was available?
1: And that, see that that was tough because it it it, it makes sense. It, it, it's a it, it's a fit. he 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 knows the system obviously, but I I I would. Th- Think they would see how Moore and Johnson do the first week, and then if they don't, if D'Amico says, "eh, you know what? It's it it was okay against the Bears, but it's not gonna be it's not gonna be okay versus the Rams and Denver." Then they would probably bring him in.
0: I think if he gets released. He ends up being the signing over Dante Johnson. They throw Dante Johnson on the practice squad and make him an elevated go, player. Go the other way. I, I oh. think so because Tart is a guy that you've seen already play at a high level, and where Tart's value tremendously is is in run fits. Yeah, and being able to stop. And you know who you're playing in week one? Justin Fields, a guy that can run. So you want run blitzing. You want to ran
1: be, all over us last year. Yeah. Too. So you want to be able to go up there and half. make those
0: plays. And Hufanga and Tart together. Would be a tremendous grouping against Justin Fields, and then you're going to go play Pete up in in the Pacific Northwest, and they ain't passing it all over the place. They're going to want to run the football. So having those guys in those two games is it would make a lot of sense. That's true. You could have Dante Johnson ready for Denver, but Tart does a pretty good job. I know a lot of people don't like Jacwisky Tart, but when it comes down to it. I think some of the things that he was blamed for last year weren't actually on him, but were on other players. But he took the fall. I I don't know if he's going to get out of Philly because he's still a good player. They might keep him. But if he did, I'd be interested in entertaining
1: that. A bad I idea.
0: No. And another spot that's gotten interesting because we had the early part of the preseason, it was all Samuel Womack. Looked like he had absolutely locked that spot up enough that they cut Darquez Denard, Early. Samuel Womack, playing nickel corner, and I, I, everyone's excited about it. But then all of a sudden, against Minnesota, Diameter De- Lenore started playing some nickel corner as well mm-hmm. and at a high level. So it started getting the conversation going. Could it be Diameter Lenore, or is it Samuel Womack that starts week one at Chicago at the nickel corner spot? And Jason's face tells it all. As he's tough.
1: trying to figure this out. No, it, it... It, it it is tough because nor's done like you know, he's he's come hard out, but I I I think the fact that they were so willing to put Womack out wide versus the Texans, even I, I think that shows that they have big big plans for him, and I think he gets the week one nod. Okay, yeah, I I think it ends up being. Both of them. (laughs) Ha ha. Got you. Here's why.
0: I think on early downs, they play diameter Lenore to stop the run, especially a nickel on first and second. So if somebody comes out in a three wide receiver set, you need to go to Nicholas It's Lenore because he's a better run stopper. He's a better tackler right now. I think Womack eventually will develop in all those areas. And then if it gets to third down, and they need somebody to go in there and cover, I think it's going to be Sam Womack. They actually gave this away in the first preseason game. They did this with Dark Quest and, and Samuel Womack. Yeah, they and, and so I think they do that again, and that's part of the reason uh, these two guys working in tandem makes a lot of sense. One guy's really good in run fits and a good tackler. The other guy is really good in coverage. Why not use both of their skill sets instead of saying, oh, no, you're the guy. Uh, let's use both of them until Womack is able to completely take over that role. some point during the year, he probably will. Plus, I want to see Diamond or the North blitzing off the edge. He's one of those guys that plays really tough with reckless abandon. Yeah. I think he can make a lot of plays. So to me, it ends up being a little bit of a trick question because it's actually both of them that go ahead and, and make a big play for this football team. Yeah. So Jason, I think you're in agreement with me, which is actually shocking. Not
1: totally, no. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> so is I it... I I just I I basically I just disagreed about agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's,
0: well, let's see if we can agree on this that's, because that's magical. Um, the conversations about interior offensive line uh, have also sparked this. We've got Croft Dwelly and Keen Omai oh for the topic. For this reason, Dalton Keen is going to be coming in to work out for the San Francisco 49ers. The tight end, they were interested in a former third round pick. Um, and the questions for that come with Croft or Dwelly. One of them is going to make this team. Potentially one of them is going to be gone. But why would they bring in. Dalton Keene for a workout if they already have those four really good tight ends, including uh, that you could also add in Troy Fumagalli as well, the tight end room stack. Why would you bring in Dalton Keene if you already have those other guys?
1: The only thing that I could f- ascertain from this is they have some maybe potential trade interest in one or two of the guys, and they, they like the potential value that they'll get in return enough to where if, if they can find a comparable guy off the street that it, it makes sense to make trades.
0: Okay, I think that's a fair point. I, I really do. I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. I believe they know they have to make a tough decision between Croft, Dwelly, and Fumagalli. So one of them is going to be the third tied in. The other, one is, the other ones are going to be gone. For this reason, Tanner Hudson was, was released. Yep. Tanner Hudson goes to the New York Football Giants. Uh, we know that Croft, Dwelly are going to have tremendous value around the league. So I think they believe that either one, whoever they cut, is going to end up somewhere else. Is gone. Eh? They're going to be gone. So you bring in Dalton Keene, who's already been waived. You can take a look at him now, and then he could potentially be your practice squad filler. You bring him in. Uh, if you know if these guys go somewhere else, now you've got Dalton Keene, a guy you were high on in the draft a couple years ago. And then now your practice squad is ready to go. That could also be where they ended up going with the guard as well. They have to have depth in case they lose players, players or claim because the way that is going right now, 49ers players are being uh, Yeah, they're being right. plucked at a higher rate than anyone else in the league. So you have to prepare, you have to have that Rolodex ready to go just in case. And if you do keep Croft, for instance, and Dwelly and Fumigali go sign somewhere
1: else. Oh uh, Dwelly's gonna be gone then. Like, uh,
0: are are you for sure? Are you because we thought that during the offseason, Yet Ross Dwelly came back for a league minimum salary and was coming in as what third, fourth tight end?
1: Yeah. Once again,
0: do we value a player
1: more in San Francisco than he's valued around the league? I, I, th- I think that tends to happen with every fan base, but I've seen him actually making plays in the games where Kittle's and out. So last I year, to, yeah, I no. Years ago, there's at least something there that 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 teams have the have at least some film on. Yeah, I so. mean
0: it's possible. I mean Dwelly is is, and this isn't 2020. He's had a he had a tough 2021 season. Uh, so it, it I mean, could there be a landing spot for him? Yes. Could they be preparing for Dalton Keen to come in because? you know, Dwelly could be somewhere else, or even Croft. Because I think if Croft is the guy that's the out, odd man out, and Dwelly makes his football team, Croft is signing somewhere. Yeah. He's proven that he can stay healthy again. So uh, I think that's where we're at with that. Now, Jason, one of your favorite topics, the top 100. Uh, and, <laughs> I hate you for this. Yeah, right away, Trent Trent <laughs> Williams ends up being 14. Debo Samuel ends up being 19. Shocking, right? Number 19. 19, 19 no, no. Uh, and then you had the conversations, of course, seven 49ers end up making the top 100 with Jimmy Garoppolo finishing at 106. 106.
1: Where was Armstead then? I don't, oh. That's insane that he would be above Jimmy.
0: Yeah, If I'm Armstead, I'm just I'm literally He's turning gonna... into the Incredible Hulk because I'm not getting any respect. He's roughly. the
1: one guy who should be really offended.
0: When I saw one of the 49ers finished one hundred and six, I, I thought it was, was Armstead. Umped. Yeah, so did I. It was it was completely like, shocking. Oh, okay, one hundred and six. Uh, okay, but who? I was actually live when you know people started telling me in chat that Trent ended up fourteen and Debo was nineteen, and I thought they were both disrespectful because I thought Trent Williams is a top five player in this league. I know no offensive lineman's never made top ten, but this is Trent freaking Williams. He should be in the top ten of players in this league, and then I thought Debo Samuel should have been top fifteen. I think those are realistic. I thought Nick Bosa should have been top 15 as well. I didn't think that was uh, a very good ranking for him. I was okay with George Kittle at 22. I thought yeah. that was pretty equivalent to where he should be. Fred but Kelsey at being 47. 10, though, was... Yeah, I mean, Kelsey at, at 10 compared to Kittle at 22, there's a little bit too much of a distance there. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey's not as... as
1: he never has He made doesn't it. do it both. A block in his life. Um. Debo like we talked about yesterday I'm it he's okay there because I I think he's he's a top 8 wide receiver he's a top 2 or 3 playmaker so I, I think if you average that out that was should put him around 20 19 18 somewhere in there
0: Wait so he's a top 8 receiver and a top 2 oh, playmaker in terms so of in
1: terms of his ability to So that makes him 19th well because of the uh, other positions and stuff It's yeah. just interesting math it's interesting Last year, you, you, you and that other guy were uh, always on me for being such a big fan of Pro Football Focus. Right now, Pro Football Focus looks a hell of a lot smarter than the NFL Top 100 because Pro Football Focus had Trent as one or two still, uh, not 14. And if, if, a terrible if, argument. if you look at the rest of the Pro Football Focus Top 10, it, uh, it aligns a lot more logically than the NFL Top 100, Top 10 does too. Um... It it just does. Sorry, I'm sorry. You can't argue with PFF after PFF just
0: said that Keaton Sutherland had a clean sheet uh, in the game against the. I didn't Texas.
1: Say, I didn't say they were always right, but I like to use them when it benefits when it when it fits me the best. argument. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well done. Jeez. And 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 having Trent one or two definitely benefits my view because, like we talked about last show, he's at worst the third best player in the sport. I would say he's one A or. Or one, B at, at worst. But him at 14 is insane. That that's just insane. That that the that that to me discredits that this list for the next next five years. Like I I won't even acknowledge it anymore because it's so insane to have him not in the top 10, let, let alone top five. It's just insane yeah I mean, but
0: anytime Mac Jones makes it into the 80s you start to discredit the that list. too uh I I think that you know I I had no problems with these guys being you know kind of towards the top of this list uh and if Debo would have been in the top 15 I would have been okay with that but Debo just put together one of the best seasons uh for an NFL playmaker that there has been i mean he literally revolutionized a position he created a position a wide back role no one had ever seen anything like it and then to go ahead and say that he's just inside the top 20 of players after Jalen ramsey said he's one of the top receivers to try to cover uh so i mean i think that he did what was asked of his football team and he got punished for it he had over 1400 yards receiving did all these things in the in the running game and then he's 19th these NFL players are sleeping on Debo Samuel. And when he goes out there and duplicates it and he runs your ass over again, uh, I hope he looks at you and lets you know. Uh, he, Debo Samuel's not going to shy away from contact. So you come in there uh, with your weak sauce and he's going to run you over. So I think that this list, True. once again, I think this list has kind of fallen off over the last several years. I'm not really into it. I wonder how many players are actually still involved because you don't have to opt into ranking these players. But Debo Samuel and Trent Williams are top ten players in this league, I'm going to stick to that because I think both of them are fantastic. And I think Nick Bosa should have been a lot higher. And, in fact, I think Nick Bosa this year after this season will finish.
1: But wait, you're telling me that 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 you have Nick as the third best player on our team then?
0: uh, after, uh From the season last year, yes. From okay. the season he produced. I'm not saying okay. actual player, but just saying season results. Okay, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say player. I, to me, he's the second best player on the entire team behind Trent Williams. Yes and I don't even think that's close no. because those two are just <laughs>
1: those two are like on another level. Uh they're they're so fun. If and if so, stays healthy, he's he will have a gold jacket. Like he's and having Miles you think Garrett his left short is just left arm's just a little shorter than his, right? <laughs> <laughs> having Miles Garrett at 11 and him at 24 was I do insane. like Miles Garrett, but I mean, anytime you're putting those guys, you got to think they're going to be. They should be neck and neck. That's why
0: it's interesting when you hear, you know, because you don't know which players voted, right? So if you got an abundance of AFC North pl- players voting, yeah. they're probably going to trend oh, that Miles direction. Garrett,
1: yeah, he, he's yeah, a monster. I mean, you
0: have to go against him every single yeah. day. I mean, I get it. You know, I really do. Now, Jason, cuts are on the horizon. They're happening tomorrow. Yes. Um, is there any surprise cuts you think are coming? that maybe are going to surprise 49er fans? Or do you think this is going to be pretty clear-cut? Because there are some tough decisions in the running back room. There's some tough decisions on the D-line. Also, uh, with the offensive line. Any surprises? Like, uh, we've had people throw, Ombre Thomas is going
1: to get released. Do you it's think not, something like that's going to happen? No. I, I Unless, it, it, it sounds like they're going to give Trey a little more time. So, I, I, I don't think... Are you talking he, about Sermon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah not...
0: Lance so I was like no, man, oh okay <laughs> talk about wow that's bold
1: <laughs> back to Jimmy back to Jimmy all right here we go um I. it sounds like they want to give him a little more time which I get it. He, he, he is a third round draft pick yeah. so but they don't give their draft picks a ton of time they but they do give him a chance and they must see something in practice or on film where they're like his what he's actually done in games isn't as bad as it looks. So I, I, I think he makes it, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure he should, though. So that'd be one guy I, I wish they would give a hard look to. Other than that, I don't necessarily... I, I, there's so much talent on the roster that I don't... Whoever they cut, I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, they cut him? No way! I love that guy! Like, Yeah.
0: Uh I'm probably gonna be that. Oh my god, they cut that guy. I mean, last year the surprise cut was Colton McKivitz. Uh because I, you had just spent so much, you know, value on him. I know it's a fifth round pick, but you were just also on... cost us Matt
1: Rita too. Yeah, so. you
0: were also in the, you know, talking about the fact he would have started if you wouldn't have been able to trade for Trey Williams at left tackle. <laughs> that boom. value. I think there's gonna be a couple of guys that are gonna get our attention like that. You know, I think there's going to be guys that get released. You're like, oh man, I wish we could have kept him. And and for the mere reason that I think you know somebody like Jason Poe could get released, even though you I want think. to have him on the team, I think he could get waived. And, and Jordan not. Mason, I think, will get people's attention. Uh, if he got if he got waived, I, I think those ones are possible. I don't. I I'm, I'm, I predicted yesterday though those wouldn't happen. Yeah. I think Kyle Shin and John Lynch want to keep those players. They understand those guys could have a huge impact on this team moving forward. But I think those would surprise people if they actually got moved because I think so many people are convinced that those guys are going to be on this roster in 2022.
1: Now, do you mean surprise as in if we don't at least stash them on the practice squad or just outright? Oh,
0: they got cut. I think uh, outright they got waived, you know, because, I mean, that was a Colton McKivitt. He got waived in favor of Tom Compton. I mean, imagine if they waive. I'm going to throw this out there. uh, Imagine they waived Jason Poe, but they kept Keaton Sutherland. That could be a surprise to everyone because Sutherland's played, I mean, not good. Yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to never throw a guy completely under the bus. Uh, but he has not been consistent. Always he has not. Put him he has yeah. not stacked good reps, and his snaps have been all over the place. So I mean, that would be a surprising move. And last year, that's what it was. Right? Tom Compton makes a team. McKiff is a young player with they believe high upside, ends up getting released, and you don't know if they're going to end up on the practice squad. Yeah. I think if those guys ended up on the practice squad, you whoo. And you're hey. like, okay, great move by John Lynch and Kyle Shannon. They knew what they were doing. They goes got those guys to the practice, uh, the practice squad.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Then okay,
0: yeah. so I, I think we're in agreement. I don't think there's going to be any tremendously uh, surprising ones. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they don't all of a sudden cut somebody. I think they've done a really good job of like already putting some of the other guys on the I, pup list and stuff.
1: I guess the only one that would that maybe surprise me that I'm thinking about now would be if they cut Thudfeld. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the one where I'd be like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, then that would mean that they
0: cut Sudfeld and and kept Purdy. Or what if they cut Sudfeld and Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo stayed on the roster? Would that surprise
1: you? I've heard people talking about that the last couple days. And so I I don't know if, if the people who are saying that are just speculating or maybe they're getting a little nudge of like, don't be surprised if we do this. Uh so
0: wouldn't that be interesting if Heinz Sudfeld and Brock Purdy both get that would waved be shocking and cut and Jimmy Garoppolo stays on the team and what if that coincide with a Jimmy Garoppolo contract restructuring it it would have to uh it doesn't happen. not from uh, Jimmy's well, point of view Jimmy could be like no I
1: mean for ours, ours it would have to be like hey uh you know like I mean they could do it like a a roster bonus where if you're on, on the roster on October first, you get eighteen million dollars there. You know, boom, done. And then, you know, have the the actual number go down too. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, but that would be that would that would be that would make KNBR and KGO and ESPN and and Colin Cowherd's show and even old Grant Coney over there. That would make some interesting. I I I wonder what they're going to say now because you know if they do that, though, that's going to create the idea of. You're not totally convinced on Trey, and, and, and that's the one thing where I, I think they have to factor in, in that, too.
0: I, I think that's going to play into it. I think the money is going to play into it, but you need to make sure you join me tomorrow on the live stream. I'm going to go live to talk about all the cuts as they happen. As the Four Yards build their 53-man roster, make sure you come right here to 49ers Cutback and check it out. Join me. We'll have a nice conversation about it. I'm going to hop on as soon as all the cuts really start going. Uh, and it'll it'll be fun and last year we were on and it was exciting we we're there as it was happening giving in commentary and so i'll be doing the same thing this year giving commentary on as the 49ers build this roster and any if any of these surprise moves happen does jimmy garoppolo finally get moved all those questions could be answered i say could unfortunately could. never know for we sure never. but hopefully resolution comes tomorrow join me for the live stream I think it'll be a lot of fun and jason what a great episode we covered a variety of different topics and the next time that we have a conversation will be next week and that means it's game week regular season is here 49ers versus chicago
1: bears i can't wait for next week i am getting itchy i'm just i'm i'm, I'm over preseason. i'm over all the little like inner battles of this and that like i I want to get down to the real main event.
0: And since you're getting itchy, I would suggest washing it off. Uh, <laughs> at least getting some lotion or
1: something. From um, last night. Yeah, who, who knows? Uh, <laughs> you never uh, know.
0: Jason's <laughs> got to go uh, take care of his itch. And we've got to get on to the next uh, episode. Hope you guys all have a good one. Enjoy. Great enjoy. college
1: games this, this weekend, too. Watch them.
0: Yeah, watch some of the watch some of that. Get ready for know. a draft next year. Who we might get? Uh, but join me tomorrow for the live stream. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Jason, this is a great one. We'll catch you all in the next one. We're out.